you're listening to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you conversations for the health of all things. In these special episodes, I am joined by guests on the show to explore how the osteopathic concept presents in their lives and learn about their personal and professional stories. Ranging from osteopathic physicians to those familiar with osteopathic treatment to those associated with osteopathic medicine in a variety of settings, these conversations provide new perspective on lighting the way for the path to best health. Please note that while I am a physician and may interview other physicians, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Welcome back to This Osteopathic Life in another episode of Conversations for the Health of All Things. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Nikita Shaw, who's an osteopathic family and obesity medicine physician based in Orlando. She is also the CEO of WeightSense, where she helps the people in Florida have access to evidence-based obesity medicine treatment. Thanks for joining me here, my fellow DO. We're going to have a great conversation. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and to speak with you. Yeah. As always, tell us about your journey into medicine and in this moment into osteopathic medicine. So I was always, I always gravitated towards um, DO schools in undergrad. I love the mission of treating the whole body, mind, and spirit for a person. Um, And the tenets of osteopathic medicine really pulled to me. And even osteopathic manipulation, I find it so useful in my day-to-day practice. So applied, went to Lecom Bradenton. And now that I reflect on the last 10 plus years of my career, I realized that a lot of the tenants um, and principles are intertwined into my daily practice and how I approach family and obesity medicine. Love that. So maybe we can delve into that more. So we maybe talk about the body, mind, spirit, all being seen as a unit, right? That unity aspect. How do you see that coming through with your patients? Yes. So I think as doctors will want to just be problem solvers, like, oh, you have this condition. Let's Let's treat it like this. This is the only way, but we really have to become partners with our patients and their health. And if something might work for their body, also realize that it may not really match with their spiritual identity or their mindset at the time and really using that and partnering with patients to um, make, like help them improve their health. Um, I think the other piece is just realizing that the body does have the capabilities to self-heal and for self-regulation. Um, so when patients come to see me and they've been diagnosed with diabetes or high blood pressure, they automatically think that there's no way to reverse that. And I think when we we hold so true in osteopathic medicine is that we can and we can reverse it, um, but we need to help patients identify uh, ways to do that and work with them so that it works in their life uh, to achieve health promotion um, and disease prevention. So I think that's how I utilize a lot of things that if a patient doesn't wish to do something or take a medicine, I don't yell at them or berate them. I work with them as a partner and we try to get through it. And I think that's why a lot of um, the people I work with have been successful in maintaining their health. I love that. And maybe we'll pull in third one here and see how that comes through with that structure and function. I can see it in even the conversations you're having, the structure of the relationship in that. I'm curious how that one comes through for you when you're engaged with your patients. Yeah. So for structure of relationship, um, I think just realizing this isn't 
just me. I'm just a tool. Like ultimately the patient is the decision maker and the person who achieves their health and their well-being. Um, and I always tell them, like, I'm only here as a tool. You can take this guidance or leave it, or we can make it match your life. Um, so that's really big for me. And then structure for, like if I think of structure and function within the body, um, and then how we use medications as tools or treatments as tools. Um, so obesity is a big thing for me. And I do believe in prescribing medication when appropriate, um, but then that's not to negate any of the healthy lifestyle choices that a person needs to attain or work towards. So I'll tell people, like, we're going to use this tool to help you in this area, which might be medication or coaching or whatever intervention. Um, but ultimately, that's to support you while you're making the changes in your function. So, um, you know, non-exercise associated thermogenesis, like neat activity, like let's start parking further away. Let's start climbing the stairs. Let's start getting you to move more in a way that's right for your body. And let's start making healthier plate choices and recognizing and having space that this process is going to take six months to a year and longer. Um, but meanwhile, we can revert it. We can revert back and then really reevaluate the necessity of certain tools that we've had to support the body's structure. Um, and knowing that it kind of ebbs and flows, it doesn't just always go one way and we can never take something off. Um, cause oftentimes if we lose weight, blood pressure improves, diabetes improves, and we need to really start de-prescribing uh, medications mm -hmm. at that time. And um, so I think of it as a journey. Yeah. I love that. I get the visual too, from that structure relationship of kind of scaffolding, right? So sometimes you put some pieces in place that are temporary and sometimes we need them to stay longer and you can take them away if we find other supporting surfaces right, to build upon. I love that visual. So let's talk about your choice of specialty. So we see in family medicine, and many times we see that as the osteopathic specialty, right? There is the promotion of primary care in osteopathic schools. And so what led you into that space when you were in training at LECOM? Yeah. So as we go through our third and fourth year and we rotate through all the different specialties, um, it was just, you know, I could be in the wards or I can be in the ER. I just kept thinking, dang it, don't you have a family doctor that's keeping you out of these places? <laughs> and, and then who am I sending them out to, right? It was very temporary. That relationship was missing. Um, so I couldn't see myself in that, that space because I value relationships with people. And I definitely, we definitely need our internists and our emergency medicine room doctors and our specialists there. But for me, it just seemed that long-term relationship was key. And then as I got into the clinic um, and in my family medicine practice, all the all the diseases and chronic diseases that prop up for people. It's like, man, I can't just stay here treating this. We got to go back and get it to where people don't get sick. And that's where my interest in obesity medicine and lifestyle interventions uh, really peaked. And then I've started working at that piece. And now I realize, man, I know how to do the obesity medicine piece, but I really need to get that mind piece in for people and motivate them. So I actually in January am enrolling in life coaching school um, because I feel as though it's that key and it really pulls into that mind, body, spirit connection to be able to appropriately um, guide people along their health journey. I love that. And as I shared on the podcast in the past, I really feel like coaching is the osteopathic concept repurposed and respoken, you know, stated in a different dialect. And I think there's this supernatural segue into that. So super excited to hear 
spot yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about the work in obesity medicine. The listeners might not know what that means and what that could offer to them. Yes. So uh, I think generally we think of weight um, as being set by the amount of calories we eat and how much exercise or activity we do. Um, but that that doesn't embody the whole picture. Um, sometimes there's different diseases in the body. There's different medications that we've actually prescribed that might promote weight gain. Um, there's the way people may live their life. Like they might be sedentary throughout the day, but then exercise at that one hour. And there may be holdups and hangups along the process that's keeping this weight on. And what we know is that increased weight on the body, um, you know, some people can be very healthy and not have any metabolic disease. But then there's this category of people who are at increased risk for other metabolic conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, even certain cancers. And so if I look at um, the body's regulation of the weight from a bigger scale and the lens of obesity medicine, then I'm able to offer interventions for patients that may be not typical of or typical of what they've seen out there. Um, I think sometimes we look at weight loss clinics and it's still in this exercise and um, eat less sort of way, but the quality of our nutrition impacts us. And there's other tools available that can help. So obesity medicine, I think is the kind of also just osteopathic medicine in a different dialect mm -hmm. <laughs> and looking at the body to see how we can help improve the, the regulation and the healing uh, that's within us. Absolutely. You mentioned the, the mindset with coaching and we could look at spirit in a lot of different ways in that space. So I'm curious, we think about obesity sometimes too, in that generational sense, in the genetic sense, and what comes up with your patients there and what perhaps insight into that self-healing and self-regulation can you offer maybe some myths you can dispel in that space? Yes. So sometimes people think that my, um, my entire family is, is bigger and this is just the way we are. And there's no way to change that. And these are my genes. And that's, um, that's a little bit of acceptance, but inside of them, they may really want to not be the certain size. And often it's, they, they want to be there for their children or their loved ones and engage and participate and not be ill. Um, and so within that, I, within the mindset piece, I engage with the patient think, well, these might be your genes, but what else could we do in your life to reverse that, to keep you healthy? Because ultimately we can, we can be healthy at many different sizes. There's not one definition of health. Um, but are we allowing those beliefs of our genes, uh, tell, tell us that we are destined for sickness when really we could perhaps change some aspects of our life and believe that it's possible. Cause sometimes we believe that there's no way as a busy mom that I can make time or do these things um, needed for my health. And I think that's just one way, but if we really open our mind up to all the possibilities and our limitless potential, then we can start kind of uncracking. Like, actually I do have time in my day um, to push me towards these goals that I have for myself. And it may not be tomorrow, but it might be in six months, one year, 18 months from now. Um, and knowing that we are always able to grow and change and accept failing forward. <laughs> we may not get it this time or this season, but we will, we will continue. 
and not giving up. So that's, I think that's how I kind of intertwine the mindset and the spirit work and goal work and growth into it all. Yeah, one thing I'm curious about in there, you mentioned, so if it is kind of all across one's family and that's the norm or the expectation even, sometimes there could be a challenge in going against what is the norm. Do you run into that with your patients and navigating that? So for me, for example, I exercise a lot. You know, it's kind of my love language for me and how I engage and I had an injury and I couldn't for a long time. That was really the only therapy was not to do anything until this muscle healed. And even there, there was a little bit more pushback when I went to go and return to exercise because that wasn't necessarily the norm for people with whom I was engaging. They're like, oh, I liked it better, right? When you weren't going to the gym all the time or actually people didn't like my muscles, right? And they would give me feedback when I actually got skinnier when I didn't exercise and they appreciate that body type differently. And so we can have that acceptance, you know, and that reflection of who and how we are. So I'm curious how you help support people when they are making a change because a change in any direction can sometimes bring up a lot of reactions in the people around us. Yeah. So with the, I think the best way to think about it is sometimes we may choose to change and we can share it with people who want to support us in our change. Um, but then other times we might choose to just keep that very private and not and not share it because it'll stop us from reaching our our goals. Um, and ultimately, like so I think healthy, like eating a certain way and then families and we're coming up with the holidays, so this comes up a lot. Um, I tend I tend to tell people if you choose not to have all the desserts that are available over like the holiday dinners and the holiday meals, another person might come up to you and say, like, why are you doing that to yourself? You must be, you must be starving or you're getting too skinny or mm-hmm. just give it up. And I, and I would want to offer that that might just be the other person's views and that's it. It has not, it's not the truth. It's just what they're wishing to share with you. And you can just choose to go on and know what's right for you internally. Um, but it should be a very internal process for you to achieve your health. And you might have to close out other people's, um, views and how they affect you. And, and we can't, we're not perfect. We're not, we're not, we're going to have to navigate all these feelings and (laughs) think about how it lands on us and what we'll do differently in the future. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you bring that up too, because it is food is very charged, right. And the choices we make and the choices we make to not eat something and how that can really bring up a lot of emotional responses for us and for others And having perspective around that is so powerful. Yeah. So I'm curious, how a patient comes to find you and what the first steps might be if someone is engaging in an obesity medicine practice as a patient. Yes. So in Orlando, I am at WaitSense Lake Nona. Um, you can find my website, weight-sense.com or on Instagram, I'm Nikita Shah Dio. Um, I have a discovery call just to see, you know, is this a slam dunk fit for you or not? <laughs> and then after that, we, I have a six month program, um, because I really believe in the, I believe in being there for my patients for the journey, because it's not a one and done, um, sort of process. So each month we engage, um, together. I also have health coaching because I believe in that, uh, mind connection. Um, so there's a health coaching arm to my practice and the coaches will meet weekly with the patients during that six month process. Um, and I offer all access to evidence-based obesity medicine tools. So if it's out there and if it's evidence-based, I got it. (laughs) 
we'll figure, we'll figure out how to use all the tools um, to support you in your journey. I love that. And I think that's a really key space in modern medicine. So information is plentiful and it's widely accessible, right? You can Google and find all kinds of things. And what is the role of the physician in that? Because historically, all that knowledge was in secret libraries, right? We were the ones to bring it into the public eye. And now being able to synthesize it and translate it and make it accessible is really the role I see for physicians. And how do you notice your skill set growing there to be able to take all that's available and bring it to your patients in a meaningful way? Um, I think exactly that is just synthesizing it and then realize and then helping the patient see which tool might be truly beneficial for them. Um, you know, there's so many different diets out there and so many different, um, I guess, movements mm-hmm. of fad diets or whatever they may be. Um, but the key is, is distilling all that and knowing that every diet might work, but which one are you going to stay on the longest? And which one are you going to have the most success with? And that's not going to be M&Ms and ice cream all day long. <laughs> that's not there for health. There's um, no but, studies for that one yet. <laughs> yeah. um, but let's see which one I think is uh, the best tool and how we can navigate that and in, use that in your life. Um, and that's with everything. So even when I prescribe medications, it's looking to see what, what are, what regimen is right for the person and what is our ultimate goal. Um, and so that's it, just distilling all the information, getting it down to the person, giving the person the ability to decide what is right for me. Um, cause ultimately they just, they are the ones, um, that need to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And finding that out, finding what works for you. I remember someone's asked me about exercise and they're like, I think I'm gonna do spin classes. You know, my sister loves spin classes. And then it turns out they hate bicycles. And I thought, well, don't do something. <laughs> that is no chance of working for you, right? It can be great and work for someone else and be great and not work for you, right? That's totally exactly. a possibility. Mm-hmm. And, and I think exercise is definitely that area where some people have told me, nope, I do not like this class, or I do not see myself doing um, this high intensity form of exercise. Like, okay, so what can you do to move in a way that is loving for you and that you will enjoy doing? And let's just start there. Because once we start that habit, it might evolve and we might discover something new that we do enjoy and we never knew we enjoyed it Mm -hmm. because of the way it makes us feel or um, how it really incorporates into our, the newest version of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I want to bring that concept of love in through here. And I hear it in the body, mind, spirit. I hear it in that belief in our capacity for self-healing. And so many times I get kicked back where if I'm going to make a change, it has to be because I don't like something about myself, right? And I have to hold on to that to kind of muscle myself in to changing it. And what we know, and it's still an act of learning, is that really loving ourselves is where that real change comes from. How do you help people navigate that? Because I've had you know, that discussion with someone that says, no, you have to love who and how you are right now, if nothing changed, and then step into change. But that can be difficult. So I'm curious what ways you have found to help shift that perspective. Um, I think letting people know they're perfect just the way they are and where they are. Um, and that they have arrived at this space um, and that they're ready for change. Because you wouldn't be coming to see me if you weren't ready or if there wasn't a part of you that was curious to know how to move forward. And the, the part for loving ourselves, um, we have so many gifts that we offer into the world and we have so many different, like our own unique individuality. So it's how do we 
incorporate this, not do anything to punish ourselves or hate ourselves, except that it's going to take, there might be a journey in this process and it might take a little bit longer. Um, and knowing that we're in our own, we're in our own lane. So my lane is not the same as your lane and vice versa. Um, and if we always know that at the end of the day, we're making ch- changes out of self-love because we want to honor our body and our spirit, then we will be most successful. And I, and I think that that piece really resonates um, well with people when we just see like, this is, this is for you. This is out of love for your life, yourself, your family, that putting yourself first does not mean your family is second. It just means when you are well, they also will be well and you'll be better able to um, engage with the world when you're whole. I love that. And I think about the part in the whole all the time, right? How do we make well the part and how does that contribute and vice versa? I love that illustration. I'm curious if you think about the part in the whole here, perhaps on a different scale, how do you find this extra, we might say, this additional work and training and knowledge in obesity medicine has informed your general family medicine practice? Do you see kind of that give and take in both directions? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you the It's lifestyle and lifestyle changes, I think just goes through all of family medicine. Um, it's very rare that I can't engage with a person and think, how can we make your life better? How can we do more today? And sometimes people, <laughs> my patients are like, Dr. Shaw, not today. Okay. Not today, <laughs> mm-hmm. but when you're ready, I will be here for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. And so where do you see this expanding? Like you mentioned, you have begun in osteopathic medicine and moved into family medicine and learned more about obesity medicine. What do you see as this kind of trajectory of where you're headed? I think with each step of the way, the final picture will just unveil itself. I'm not sure what the final destination is going to be, but I know, I know which steps I need to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keeping that thread of health. And you mentioned there not being any one specific definition, right. Of health. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what have you seen emerge from your patients? Like what pictures of health are they painting for themselves, you know, where they want to go? Yeah. So it was in my family medicine practice. I actually work for a really cool company. I work for a hotel and resort company. Um, It's Rosen Hotel and Resorts in Orlando, Florida. So we have this very cool health system um, where we are self-insured and self-funded health plan. And we have access to all sorts of different tools for our patients. So that's why I enjoy loving there because I feel like family medicine there is family medicine on steroids. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so good. I love it. So I love the Rosen Shingle Resorts. Is that part ex- of your Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the home for convocation every third year. You know? <laughs> well, there we go. So that's, that's exactly it. where I am. And it is a fantastic place to work. And, um, and within that, the greater, I think the greater message is because we are an employee health clinic, um, I get to see how when one person improves their health, how different people in each department follow, and then how the health of the family improves. And then on the individual level, when the health, when health improves, people really see um, like how they're better able to master and reach their goals in all of their areas of their life. Um, in my family medicine practice, people really need their physical strength and body. Um, and to remember that we can incorporate physical therapies and strengthen ourselves to show up for a day. Um, that's a big, that's big. Um, 
but then also knowing that if we reduce the weight on our bodies, then that also improves like musculoskeletal function as well. Um, so it, it's all around. So in that patient panel last year, when I really started thinking that, Hey, I'm onto something with this obesity medicine piece, uh, during the pandemic, um, in a hotel and resort company where everyone was stressed, furloughed, um, tourism plummeted, my patient panel lost 1600 pounds. And when I realized that I was like, wow, um, that's a lot of health that we've gained now as a system. And that's a lot of health on the individual level um, that people have gained and reclaimed. Um, and I'm excited to see where each person on their journey and how they'll grow. Um, because when you gain your health, I really believe that society as a whole just prospers because your family dynamic changes um, and what you do for work changes and everything just gets so much better. So that's, I think that's the broader scale of things. I love that. And I'm curious, like you mentioned, you see that ripple effect in how choices are made differently. And what are you noticing in the families? What are some shifts that come? And that's one of those benefits, right? I'm getting to see that whole unit of people. Yeah. What are some things you've noticed there? Um, <laughs> I'm noticing that even children are sleeping better. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm noticing that there's love in the family and that uh, and generally women tend to see me more about their their health concerns uh, than my male patients. And so when the women come in, they tell me that, you know, now their husbands are also reaping benefits because <laughs> mm-hmm. the plate is changing on the table. Yeah. And within um, like coworkers. So when one person starts walking, then I notice that now they have a team of walkers mm-hmm. at their lunch break. And th- those are the ripple effects. Like those are the anecdotal things that I see. Have we tabulated them into a study? No. Um, mm-hmm. But do I hear it every day? Yes. Yeah. So powerful. And I'm curious too, when people see that that change is possible, then we begin to have that belief of like, what else? What else could I mm-hmm. do? And have you found any new adventures that your patients might be taking because they see themselves as capable of making these significant life shifts? I'm thinking about, you know, maybe in the physical realm, like taking on a race or traveling or trying out some new task or activity that they now say, oh, look, I'm a person who can do new things, who can make meaningful change. I'm curious about that. Yeah. Um, so we have a couple of runners in our company and newfound runners. I'm, I myself, actually, I never identified as a runner. And then I had a coworker who kind of challenged me to run a half marathon with them. So then that was just health in the workspace that got mm-hmm. me running, um, even within the medical center. And then within our with, we have these pods, um, but one person will start making a health change and then another person will make another health change. And all of a sudden we're all just congratulating each other. And mm-hmm. we're not trying to ruin accomplishments for each other. Right. <laughs> <I> <laughs> let's, let's not do that. So um, the naturally, I think people in, in my space, I noticed uh, people are reaching out to other possibilities, even in terms of um, career employment, um, and goals for themselves or their family. So it's, it's very interesting to see what people think is possible when they achieve one thing. Absolutely. Furthering their education um, or their goals and just expanding the mindset in that realm. Yeah. And just that thought, right. I'm a person who can, and then fill in the blank Mm -hmm. with all kinds of different, amazing opportunities. I love it. We've heard so many 
great ways that you're incorporating osteopathic tenants and you're living into health. I love that idea of gaining health, right? We lose weight and we gain health in that space. So I'm curious if you could sum it up for us, how you might see yourself for the health of all things. So for the health of all things, I, I see myself as a very necessary tool um, for people actually within the one-on-one level, but then also at the legislative level in our state, and then also on the national level as I engage with um, national societies, editorial boards um, for uh, obesity medicine magazine or journal articles. And it's as if if we're always moving towards the health of all things, um, for myself knowing that I am just here to spread a message and I will be here as a tool. And then also for me to remind myself that I also need to stay healthy in this process. And for that, um, I think that's the most exciting part of life. And I've always wanted to be a doctor. So now I just get to see myself as moving out of the one-to-one space, but to make the largest impact on the world as a whole. I love that. And seeing that it's tending to your own health in the process of being on the national policy level stage. And you you have me there, you know, in the Osteopathic Health Policy Fellowship, that's a key piece is how do we do both, right? Work locally and globally in that. Thank you for bringing that forward. So do remind the listeners one more time where they can find you. I know you mentioned it. We'll put the links in the show notes. What's the best way to get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more about what it is you're doing? Yep. So you can visit weight-sense.com or on Instagram. It's Nikita Shaw Dio. Excellent. Well, thank you for speaking these principles in new ways to broad audiences and for nurturing health in so many ways. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Osteopathic Life, Conversations for the Health of All Things. Please take a moment to like, rate, and review the podcast. And if you would like to be featured as a guest or know someone you'd like to nominate as a guest for an episode, please let me know at thisosteopathiclife at gmail.com. Visit the website at thisosteopathiclife.com or visit me on Instagram and Facebook at This Osteopathic Life. Thank you so much for listening.